0: You know, with growth comes growing pains. When you are growing, it's painful. This is growing pains with Annie. I am excited to, you know, grow with you guys. Welcome back, everyone, to growing pains with Annie. Man, we have a we have a intro music. No, okay, no, no, we don't. Perfect, perfect. It's right. And insert intro music now. Wow, what a good intro! Missed it. Sounds great. Well, it's been a minute. Welcome back, everyone. I'm glad to be back in the studio recording. A lot of life updates. A lot, a lot is going on. Um, I've been reflecting a lot on, you know, growth. What else is this podcast about besides growing? Nothing. Really pigeonholed myself into that one. That's it. <laughs> Uh, lots of, lots of updates. I started my own business, which we talked about a little bit last time, but like, I really, like I really started, I have a license now. It's all, it's insured, you know, I'm paying taxes, maybe yet to be seen. Who knows? Tax evasion, who? I graduated college, barely skin in my teeth, but it happened. You can't pay me enough to go back. There will be a whole podcast about how college is a scam. Now that I'm out of it, I do have the degree to prove still a scam. But I digress. Today, we'll be talking a lot about, as always, growth. I've been reflecting a lot recently. Um, I was actually in John and Jordan's wedding relationship tracker soon. I promise we're really going to get that going. The night before... We were the wedding, we were at dinner and everyone was giving these toasts. Well, one woman got up named Julie and she spoke about this idea of stamps. The idea was really that our lives are like passports and only major stops are deserving of stamps. Getting married, finding faith, death of a loved one, birth of a child, you know, big moments. And that we week, that weekend definitely was a stamp in our passports of life. Well, I started really going down a spiral. Um, this idea of stamps. Like what are the stamps in my life? And I think the reality is beyond looking at the individual stamps, I really hide behind that. I hide behind the fact that I've done a lot of things and gone through a lot and been a lot of places. I use it as a buffer, as an identity, as a wall. And I really like the idea that other people can look over my shoulder into my passport and be like, wow. She has had a lot of stamps, almost like the weird pressure And you know, this is really a a Christian comment, but the weird pressure when you need to have your Bible filled with annotations, like that someone's going to glance over at church and be like, wow, they really know God because look at how much they've written in their Bible. And to the point where I have multiple Bibles and I will bring the one that I've written more in, even if it's like stuff that made no sense. Or I was just like filling the space. So when I go to Christian camp, they're like, dang, look at Annie. She's biblical. Wife her up. Now that's that's another podcast in itself, truly. But all of this is just, you know, kind of leading down this road of, wow, like I really hide behind this idea that I've have this passport filled with these stamps and these things I've been through. And I really like being the person who has been so down in the dumps and has been through the trenches yet has made out the other side and that people, you know, come to me because it looks as if I'm sitting on greener grass. But the secret to it is that it's really just all imposter syndrome. And to the point where imposter syndrome at times will just drown out my own thoughts because I'm hiding You know, the reality is there's no greener grass. If your grass is always green, then it's turf and it's fake. Put that on a t-shirt, huh? (laughs) But what life has really shown me lately is that, you know, we have very little control over what we go through and when we go through it. In high school, for example, as I've talked about a lot in this podcast, I lost a friend to cancer. And then at 21, I went through it again and I lost my best friend to cancer. These things are out of your control. You can't control sickness or when someone gets it. Even though these events may have been may have played a very large role in my constant struggle with the need to feel in control. Once again, that's another story for another podcast when I went through these things, I knew I was young, right? Like, I get it. You know, you're not supposed to lose friends in high school or or when you're in your early 20s. Like, you're supposed to do that when you're old, like in your 60s. Sorry, mom and dad, that's just the age that came to mind. I knew it was surreal in the moment, but at at the same time, that was my reality. So it didn't really feel surreal because I was living it. It was real. And those events are really what propelled me. They gave me a newfound perspective on life and how precious it was. So for me, it wasn't this crazy thing I went through so much as it was my life and now I'm gonna use this story as a stepping stool or in the reality is something died behind. One of my biggest forms, one of the biggest forms in everyone's life is growing up. Like that's the biggest form of growth you have is just purely growing up. And a controversial opinion is that birthdays, don't celebrate growing up but rather growing old i really have i've spiraled on this idea multiple times that birthdays aren't celebrating anyone growing up but just the age you're turning That age is not reflective of growth at all the reality is growing up happens drastically different for other people it's drastically different times different speeds and age has nothing to do with it But sometimes age can be a good way to reflect how far you've come. So here's a little background to what has kind of brought me to this topic today. I lead a group of high school girls at my church. Um, It's a church's high school ministry that I volunteer with. My students, I started leading them when they were in sixth grade. And now, you know, they're about to be seniors in high school. So they're around 16, 17, and unfortunately, we got the news that one of them is sick. I've walked through life with these girls. You know, for the vast majority of the group that I've had has been so solid this past year. They've come to me with all sorts of things, asking me to spout off advice on friendships and boys' troubles, the occasional family issue, and of course, words of wisdom such as, you are all trash, but God loves you anyway. I wish that I had thought about that one before it'd become so concrete that I get mocked about it every day. But you can't control what kids remember, right? <laughs> now I found myself not only facing this group of 15 girls— who I've come to love and respect. But when we got the news that one of them was sick, all of a sudden I wasn't just facing these girls, I was facing myself. Now, if you want a reality check, look at a group of 15 of younger yous, all looking back at you, waiting to hear you say something terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> I was looking at myself, I'm I'm talking to them and I'm looking at me, I was that age. I've been in their shoes, I was so afraid and confused and the reality for the first time, I could comprehend how young I was when I went through what they're going through. Cause when you're in it, right? When I was, you know, 17, having a friend I know go through cancer it didn't feel that surreal because I was, I was that. It was me. It was my reality. But now I'm looking at these girls, 15 of them, and I'm sitting in a group explaining to them what's going to happen next and how, how it looks like to walk through life with someone who's battling something like this. And all of a sudden, I can't get over the fact that they are so little which is crazy because so often I sit in that group and they talk and they are so wise and I can't get over the fact that how much more mature they are than me at times and how wise beyond their years they are. But that was such a humbling experience to realize how little they really are. Because in high school, for most people, it's kind of a shelter. You know, your days are blocked out for you perfectly you're told what to go and when the next steps and I always talk about with them this idea of our small group at church that one day when they graduate they're not going to have this they're not going to have a high school ministry that sets up basically a friend group for them with a leader to give them advice that they can talk to this isn't going to be a thing they're going to have to go find it on their own it's all prepared for you but then you're met with something like illness And all of a sudden, everything that has been set up for you is gone because no one explains to you what's going to happen next because nobody knows. I can talk about what it was like watching my friends battle cancer. I can talk about how their deaths affected me in my life in profound ways, the stamps that they've left on my passport of life, as one could say. But at this point, all of that are scripts. I can spout off the facts without any thought at all. I've numbered the memories. And the reality is to go back at the root of them is something I've numbed a long time ago. Because to go back is unimaginable. The pain that I went through, the pain that I'm now watching these girls go through was my unimaginable pain. We talked about it in our small group for about an hour, what it was like to walk alongside someone in the midst of their battle, how to be a friend to them, how to process what's happening around you. And I, if I, I was working on my feet, I had no idea what to say, because the reality is I've told a lot of stories about what I've been through, but it's hard to actually give the advice of how you went through it. I didn't get that, and so how was I supposed to make that for them? I've actually never thought about it, how to help someone else walk through this. I've never really thought about what it would be like to confront what the beginning of my growth was like. And then one question really had me. One of my students rose her hand and asked in a very shaky voice, How do you not live in fear? And I can't express it enough. She wasn't asking, you know, her church leader. It was like she saw right through me because she wasn't asking for some antidote of my travels or something out of the Bible. She wanted to know how I didn't live in fear as someone who was in their shoes processing the same thing at their age. And I'd seen the worst outcome. How do I not live in fear? And the answer is something I kind of caught me off guard. I've lost the fear of dying. Now, on the other podcast I do and I partake in, it's called What the Podcast with Ryan and John. They brought up this question one time, and it was, would you rather have some long heroic recovery or death? And we're talking like, you know, relearning to walk, talk, coming out of a coma, some sort of recovery like that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he did it in some heroic way. I don't know. And without even thinking, they were all discussing it. I was just like, death, death. I choose death. In every instance, in every scenario Ryan could throw at me, I chose death. <laughs> and my answer came to shock even to me. I didn't realize that I was so certain about it. <laughs> and I was dead serious when I said it, no pun intended. It wasn't until that student asked me that I really understood why. I reflect on my best friend who I lost at 21. Our friendship, I truly believe, was a reflection of the goodness of heaven. Christians like to talk all about what heaven's gonna be like, and they spew out all these details and ideas and imagery, but no one really knows but i realized that the life i had with andrew was a reflection of how heaven is the joy i spent with him you know the laughter we you know shared just the comfort i felt in his presence that was a reflection of what our afterlife will be like together and that sounds so weird saying it back but it's true. If life on earth, which is so broken and sad and, you know, dingy in the best of terms. If that life with him here was so great. I can't even imagine what heaven would be like with him. Or should I say I can't imagine what it would be like. I realized that. I have nothing to fear now. Death becomes a lot easier when you have something to look forward to on the other side. And now we go back to that moment where that student, that 16 year old girl in that shaky voice with, you know, red, puffy eyes from crying, asked me such a real question How am I not afraid? And I had to tell her the truth. I'm not afraid because I lost something so precious that I know that it was from heaven and I know it's in heaven and I now know that forget it I have something to look forward to and if death comes knocking at my door whatever fine take me and I just had this overwhelming moment where I remembered being her I remembered being so scared and having no idea how to handle what was going to happen next. And the reality is, I don't want her to learn how to not live in fear the way I did. Her friend is taking treatment well, and I hope that she learns it in another way in another life very far from now. I look at these girls who are so young and so amazing. And seriously, some of the funniest and brightest kids I've ever met. And I get the honor of helping them understand the stamp that we now all share. We walked out of that room that night, and I just kept on saying this this phrase, which was, I know what she's going through is hard, but don't diminish what you're going through, too. Because it's hard to understand how to love someone through their battle. And I kept saying it and saying it. And I got in my car and I just had this overwhelming moment of like, I was not prepared to face how far I've come in my own growth. Because all of a sudden I was faced with the beginning of my journey. And I, didn't know I had advice to give on this, but I think it's a stamp that nobody wants, but when you earn it, you earn it. You know, I talk so much about growth on this podcast and almost, you know, what's, what's that word? You know, it's hypocritically, almost hypocritically, because I spend very little time, I feel like, reflecting on my own. But sometimes you need to give yourself credit for how far you've come. And I think my friends would be extremely proud of how God is using my own journey with their passing and their illness to help other girls and help other kids understand just how to get through it. I think the biggest thing I've reflected in the last three months is that life is a lot easier when you have people helping you get through it. And as crazy as it seems, I don't want to hide behind my stamps anymore, but rather I want to reflect on them and learn from them and maybe find other people with similar ones and walk through life together. It's crazy to think about but sometimes you just need to give yourself a little bit more credit than you have in the past give yourself the room to you know admire how far you've come and trust me do it on your own before you're faced in a room with 15 of your younger selves at the start of your journey Uh, That's a lot harder pill to swallow than it sounds give yourself a little credit now before that happens Man, you know what they say, when you're growing, it's painful. We'll see you next week. Bye.